0: Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your host, John Bauer.
1: Looking to sell everybody price dependent.
0: Dan LaMagna.
1: Too
2: much
0: dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen.
2: Well, it's hard to compete with excellence.
1: Welcome back and thank you for joining us for another live episode of Dynasty Theory. A proud member of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Bauer. You can find me on Twitter at the Bauer Club. And tonight's going to be an interesting episode. So we plan on having Joe P. author of the fantasy football black book on tonight. He had some technical difficulties. Dan, you kept saying it was a Jersey connection issue. So we don't want to piss off our New Jersey fans, but you know, maybe we'll chalk it up to that. So tonight we're going to kind of run through a few different topics, things that have popped up. And then just things that we talked about off the air, just like we did for Mother's Day. Once again, we are partnering with MyFrontPageStory.com. Your dad loves the newspaper. Everybody's dad loves the newspaper. Give him the cover story he deserves for being such an awesome dad right at MyFrontPageStory.com. Telling your dad you had a story written about him as a gift for Father's Day is pretty much the coolest thing you're going to tell someone when giving them a gift. Watching him read it and try not to get choked up will be even better. Talk to a writer about your dad for 10, 15 minutes. They write an amazing story about him and send it to you. He'll love it. You win. And with everything going on in the world right now, you can do this in the comfort of your own home over the phone. What are you going to get your dad for Father's Day? Socks, a tie, a gift card. That's all boring. Give him something that he's actually going to remember forever. Again, check out myfrontpagestory.com and use code THEORY20 to get 20% off. I am joined by. I almost forgot the introductions here. I'm so amped up right now. As always, I am joined by Dan Lamagna. That's at FF Coach Dan on Twitter. What's going on, Dan? I like the fresh haircut.
0: High and tight, baby. It's been over a month since I've had a haircut, so I'm excited about that. And, and John, the former coach of me, is going to come out here tonight. All right, You're, you seem a little flustered, a little rattled. We got to calm down, okay? Our, our tailback, you know, pull the hamstring tonight in New Jersey, and um, you know he's going to be out until Saturday. We, we believe he'll be he'll be back. So we got to call it some audibles, adjust the game plan. I think Mitch has got a, you know, a backup plan that he has for us tonight. We're going to be fine. We're here going to provide the listeners with Dynasty Theory, top-notch entertainment one way or the other.
1: The episodes leading up to this week, we have gotten some fantastic comments and feedback. And, you know, I'll call it praise. And now people are going to tune into this episode and they're going to say, what the hell did we subscribe to? Sorry, Dan, what the heck did we subscribe to? <laughs> but anyway, I, I would like to say as always, but it doesn't seem like he's always here. But tonight we have the honor and privilege of being joined by Mitch Sorensen. That's at Dino on Twitter and as well, a fantastic
2: haircut. I'm falling behind. What's going on, Mitch? Thanks. I appreciate it. I like how low you're setting the bar for this episode. I mean, it's not going to be really hard to get over that. But one thing I want to mention before we forget is John and I are finishing up some projections. Dan is going to look over it when we're done, make sure that you know he agrees with the projections that we're getting at going forward. But if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, hit us up and we'll give you these projections for free when we finish them up. Probably early July, mid-July, right around there. We should have... them. Um, Updated and then we will keep them up to date throughout the season as well. So just reach out to us if you're a subscriber on our YouTube and we're we'll be more than happy to give them out to you.
1: Yeah, we're targeting middle of July. It's basically gonna be 40, 45 pages. It's gonna be a full PDF with all of our projections, some information that's gonna go along with that, and then our actual rankings, how it spits it out for the 2020 season. So whether you're an avid listener of Dynasty Theory or you're simply somebody that takes part in leagues with us and you want to get in our mind, we're laying it out all on the table for you. So like Mitch said, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We will be giving those away to anybody that wants them. And we're also doing two really cool giveaways. First, we're doing the Dynasty League Football one-year subscription, $40 value, absolutely free. And then we're also doing the giveaway for the Scott Fish Bowl 10. And we want to thank Scott Fish for giving this to us and allowing us to give this away Dan, he's repping the Scott Fishbowl 9 shirt over there. You guys always wear your shirts when I don't. I told you, keep me in the loop here. But like I was saying, Scott, he gave us the, he gave us the entry to give away, so we are extremely excited about that. And that seems to be the grand prize. That's what everybody wants. So make sure you subscribe. Shoot us a DM, whether it's Mitch, Dan, or myself, or the Dynasty Theory Twitter account, and we will be drawing the winner for that, I think. Probably a week or two before the actual draft. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, I think so. Here within the next couple of weeks for sure.
1: So, we have a lot of cool things going on. Make sure you're checking out the YouTube channel if you're listening to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, whatever platform you're listening. We're doing Dynasty League football giveaway, Scott Fishbowl entry, and then our projections, which we're laying out for everybody to check out. All right, guys, Mitch, you kind of put together these really
2: impromptu show notes. So what do you want to start with tonight? So, I mean, really quick, we heard the Dalvin Cook news come out, and he, it's been said that he's going to hold out of training camp until he receives a reasonable contract extension from the Vikings. Who knows what reasonable reasonable is in his mind? But just so everyone knows, I mean, if people are on Twitter, they've probably seen it already, but Alvin Kamara is in the same boat. Aaron Jones is is in, is in the same boat. Joe Mixon, Leonard Fournette. And there's multiple guys who are on restricted deals as well, who have already signed their deals, but could hold out as well because they want a contract extension. So there's quite a few guys that we could talk to today and just talk about how to approach this in a dynasty terms for this year and how to look at it for next year, because this is going to continue to happen year after year. We're going to have these really good backs on rookie deals, and they're going to want to hold out because they're only making 600000 a year because they're getting drafted in round two now. And they're going to want to get $10 million, $11 million, $12 million a year. And how are we as Dynasty owners going to you know, deal with this in the future if it's going to be more depth or just however we want to approach it? With the influx of talent, and we're definitely
1: seeing it here in 2020, and we've seen it previously as well, but with 2020, the running backs coming out in 2021, I think it's going to be pretty top heavy. I don't know if it's going to be as deep as some people would hope, but I think just like you said, Mitch, we are going to see this continuing, and we've already seen it begin where these franchises, these teams, unless you're the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones digs deep into those pockets and gives that massive contract to the running back, teams aren't doing that. And this isn't a, a matter of should they or shouldn't they, but we're definitely seeing a shift in the way the NFL is 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 paying their running backs and treating them. And Dan, before we get to you, we have a few more people that jumped in here. We had our guest Joe P. Sapia lined up for tonight due to technical difficulties. Like we said earlier, he will be joining us on Saturday. But if you have any listener questions, any comments, drop it in the chat. We'll get to it tonight. In the meantime, we are talking about the Dalvin Cook potential holdout. The dynasty implications and other running backs that this could impact. So, Dan, what are your thoughts here on Dalvin
0: Cook? And before I get to Dalvin, John, you know, I know you talked about the live comments from our listeners there. How do you ban this guy that's heckling us, trying to, uh, you know, take all our good players? And you know he's not going to offer us anything good because we, we've seen his offers before. Just a little side side, side note there, you know, from no, Mr. Just, the Justin. folks that
1: aren't, aren't in the chat right now. It's a good friend of ours and a good friend of the show giving us a hard time. He's laughing. And I could ban him from the chat, but I'm going to let him continue. I'm going to let him get some laughs, but we're going to have the last laugh in a lot of the leagues that we're in with him because we've seen his teams. Anyway, Dan, back to you.
0: Hey, you know, Dalvin cook. This, this is a hot one, you know, and, and a hot take JB that I give you guys credit for. Cause I don't know how many episodes ago you called it. You, you warned everybody who was listening be, buyer beware with Dalvin cook. We can, we have be this come, and, and here it came today. You know, we talked about handcuffs, Alexander Madison's a talented running back. I think you wanted him anyway. Now, you know, if, if you drafted him late, it, you're not going to be able to draft him late in upcoming drafts. So that might be a little bit of a downer there. He's going to rise a little bit here. Um, I'm a little nervous. I'm happy. I have zero shares of Dalvin cook. That's a positive right now in the dynasty leagues. Uh, you know, kind of, you know looking ahead last season knowing a holdout was coming knowing there's an injury history there there were a lot of red flags and now those red flags are starting to pop up even more i've been reading about injuries on twitter today we see the holdout uh, where's he gonna go i know in the scott fishbowl mock draft right now ryan mcdowell actually took dalvin there in the in the first round so maybe this holdout news is coming just in time before the fishbowl
1: and it, i saw an interesting tweet and it was based on melvin gordon because if you guys remember, that whole situation came up after the Scott Fishbowl started last year and people were taking him end of the first, early second, and then boom, you know, the holdout situation comes up and people were joking saying, well, at least Alvin Cook had the courtesy to bring this up before the Scott Fishbowl started. Mm-hmm. But I I think we're going to see a lot of situations where Alexander Madison is being traded potentially for too much. I think people are going to overpay and there are, you know, I was going through all of my shares and I have 10% exposure to Dalvin cook, which I am happy with that. You know, I, I think I, de- I definitely brought it down as this off progressed and any startup that we've taken part in this off I think I may have picked him up in one league, but we've been talking about Dalvin cook. I think for one reason or another, and you know, a little shameless plug In a fantasy pros article that I released in the middle of May, I talked about two potential busts from a dynasty perspective moving forward. One of them was Dalvin Cook, and a whole section was based on the potential for a holdout. And I can tell you a lot of people hated that article. And I can deal with that because I think a lot of my football takes and a lot of my fantasy takes people hate. And Dan and Mitch, you keep me in check. You do a really good job whenever you think my head might get a little too big. You bring it in a little bit. So I appreciate that. But. Mitch, you know, you we talked about Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. What, are you going out looking to buy either of
2: them, sell either of them? What are your thoughts on the the tandem there? So I'll be, I'll still buy Dalvin Cook because when I'm looking at these contract things, I want to look at how the teams are built and see if they do actually need to resign the player. Melvin Gordon last year, we knew the Chargers didn't need Melvin Gordon to compete; they already had Eckler. Um, with the Steelers. We knew the Steelers weren't going to go out and overpay for Le'Veon Bell because they had James Conner. But the one thing, when we look at the Vikings, although we really like Madison, everything with the Vikings tells us that they want to go through the running game. Their secondary is in shambles. They cannot compete all year long with like high-scoring teams. They have to run the ball. They have to play ball control because, first off, they don't have the... They have a rookie wide receiver with Adam Thielen, who's turning 30. And then they have like a mediocre at best offensive line in the passing game. So if they have Kirk Cousins drop back 40 times a game, he's going to get killed. So they need Dalvin Cook to compete this year. So I completely think that they will go out and they will sign him to an extension. It probably won't be till halfway through training camp because that's when these things actually happen. But I completely see Dalvin Cook going back to the Vikings. And if anyone's selling him at a discount right now, I'm more than willing to go out and buy him.
1: And what does that discount look like for you guys? Where Where is the threshold? Because I think we're going we're gonna to see it a lot because we always deem a player as a sell or a buy, right? And then mm-hmm. the whole community jumps in. And then it shifts over because, okay, he's a buy, he's a buy, he's a buy. Well, now that player is going to be a sell. But it, I don't know if anybody's... I'm not going to sell Dalvin Cook at a discount. And I've received so, pretty crappy offers, to be honest. Yeah.
2: For me, it would be if he drops below like a Derrick Henry level. So it would be a mid third round startup pick in a super flex league about that type, because I think right there, that's when you're hitting those Aaron Jones running backs. And I would just be more comfortable getting, you know, Dalvin at that point, if someone's going to sell them for it. And I do think we're going to see some Dalvin for, you know, maybe Dalvin added with something for Joe Mixon. I could just see something like that happening. Now I want to caution listeners and we're going to talk about them throughout the show.
1: Don't, Moved Alvin cook for another running back that could potentially be in a similar situation. Exactly. Yeah. Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara. These are running backs that we've talked about and we've talked about it throughout the whole off season here. So it's funny because on Twitter, our league chats, they're blowing up and it's funny whenever something drops on sleeper or Roto world or whatever it is, it, it trickles down in every league chat. So you always know something, some breaking news happened. So when this took place, this should not have surprised you. I don't want to toot our own horn, but I'm going to do it one more time. You know, I I think I do it at least once a week, but we have been talking about this for months. So if you've been listening to the show, if you value our free content that we provide on a weekly basis, you should have seen this coming. Dan, you're throwing your pen up. I know what that means.
0: Yeah, I think to add to Mitch's point there, if I'm going after Dalvin Cook now and I'm looking to trade for him, because I would, the guy's an all world talent. That doesn't change. He's going to be back. That Derrick Henry, I see Miles Sanders there in Justin's notes. I think that is the threshold. So below that, if I could trade an Austin Eckler, Kenyon Drake, Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, Josh Jacobs type tier and, and get a Dalvin Cook, that could be a value. But I have to somehow get Madison too. I want them both. And then if I'm in a startup draft, you know, and Dalvin Cook's going to slide now, how far, do you, how far do you let Dalvin Cook slide in a startup draft? And then I think you just got to bump up Madison, in your ranking. So you, you're, you're really investing in the Minnesota running game.
1: And I love this question. So those of you tuning in the on the feed, you know, you're not seeing the, the video here, but James drops a comment. First of all, love what you guys are doing. Thanks, James. But then he says, do you guys think he is a good buy or do you think this is a good, I can't read. Holy hell. I'm having a few of these, uh, summer ales over here. You know, it's a little bit more rough than my typical white claw. but he says, do you think this is a good buy window for Dalvin cook, which is kind of why we're talking about this. But I, I think you guys are right. I think once you hit that threshold of the Derek Henry, Aaron Jones level, Mitch, like you said, mid third, because we, he was going late first, early second in startups and super flex startups. And that was a price that I wasn't touching him. And I don't know if you guys remember, but In our Dynasty Theory Listener League a couple weeks ago, I moved Alvin Kamara for Dalvin Cook plus a twenty twenty second. But on that team, I have Alexander Madison. So in that situation, I felt comfortable with it. But typically, I am not looking to go out and acquire Dalvin Cook. But like you guys said, like we're talking about here, that window might present itself. So even, you know, everything we say, and I say it, I say in the intro, it's price dependent. So... So, Mitch, Alexander Madison, are you looking to buy him?
2: No. I don't because I don't think so. With Dalvin, he's going to be on the field 70% of the time if he's there. If Madison's on the field, I don't think he's going to get 70% of the work because I think Boone is going to be in there at least half the time that Madison is. And I like Madison a lot. But we saw both him and Boone had issues staying healthy last year. And I don't think that if Dalvin's out that the Vikings are just going to hand all the workload to one guy. And if he gets injured, have just one left afterwards. So if I have Dalvin, I'll like, maybe go look at some offers for Madison, but you know, you're going to be paying such an inflated price right now that the interest really isn't there for me. That's the problem though.
1: Before this even came up, somebody offered me Alexander Madison for a 2021 first. And that was the price before this came up. I wasn't paying that then. I'm still not paying that now. Dan, sorry to interrupt you.
0: No, that's a great point, JB. And and that's the problem, Madison, now. But, you know, before this Cook news was out there, let's say he wasn't holding out, I want Madison later in the draft. He's in that Tony Pollard handcuff range of guys that could win you a league if a Cook or Zeke got injured. But now, if I go into a startup draft, I'm probably getting neither of those guys unless Cook's slides further than he should price dependent as John would say but I don't want to get a Dalvin cook miss some guy that's more of a sure thing Have to tr you know use an earlier pick on Madison than you should and then you miss another guy that would have been really valuable for your roster so uh, that's a little too complicated I think I'd pass on the whole situation
1: now one situation that we talked about and this is back in the super flexology days so Dan you weren't even here yet but Mitch, you and I talked about one episode. We talked about being a contender. One episode, we talked about being a rebuild. And if you're rebuilding, let's say you still have a Derrick Henry or maybe an aging wide receiver like a Julio Jones. If an owner of Dalvin Cook is worried about a holdout Mm -hmm. and they're a contender and you're rebuilding, maybe put together some type of package for Dalvin Cook. And we talked about it then. And this was five months ago or so, I think. It might have been as the season was wrapping up, actually, that if you're rebuilding, don't be afraid to trade for players that are injured because they're not going to give an immediate production to a contending team. And don't be afraid to to make a move for somebody that's in a precarious situation. So if you look at Dalvin Cook specifically, if you guys remember two years ago, that window was wide open because of the injury and people were getting him at a really solid price because they were moving aging assets or win now pieces to a contender. Now, if somebody that isn't contending has Dalvin cook, you're kind of out of luck there, but I, I think those are a few options. And Mitch, like I said, that's something we talked about early in the off season. Mitch, before we move on, what impact would this have on the passing game in Minnesota? We're going through, we're doing our projections it's really close under Gary Kubiak with a to a 50-50 split. That's the way we're looking at it. Maybe like 52-48, somewhere around there. But do we think this could really open things up in the passing game if they have to rely on Alexander Madison and Boone?
2: I think it would. I mean, it comes down to how much you think running backs matter. If you think running back talent doesn't matter, you shouldn't move it at all and you th- should think Madison is going to be a second round pick next year then. But I think, talent matters at the running back position and Dalvin cook is such an elite talent. And I do think he's elite. He's the very last tier of those bell cow backs. And if he's out, I think it's going to make that whole offense suffer. And that defense isn't as good this year as it was last year. And I actually think there's a chance to where instead of being contending for the playoffs, they're not contending for the playoffs anymore without Dalvin cook. That's how much I think he means to that team. It's like, if Zeke would have held out for Dallas last year, I think Dallas would have been in a world of hurt without him. And I think Minnesota's in the same situation with Cook. That's how they built their team. They built their team to move the ball through through the ground first and then through the air after that. And I don't think, you know, I love Justin Jefferson and I love Adam Thielen, but I don't see him going out and catching 100 balls apiece this year.
1: Let's be honest. There's one comment that really resonated with me. Dallas was in a world of hurt regardless of whether or not Zeke was out there. Dan, I'm sorry. I had to say it.
0: Yeah, hey, Dallas had issues last year under the clapper there. you know. They, so I, I'll give you that one, JB. I, I'm not, I'll pick and choose my battles. That won't be one of them.
1: No, I, but, I, just ha- I just had to tease you there for a minute. But I do have a question I'm going to ask Dan, and I'm going to ask Mitch the same question before we move on. We're talking about what happens if he holds out. Dan, do you think he does hold out?
0: I think it's a... St- he's been talking about it for a while. I do think he holds out and unless they could find a way to pay him and that could be a, that could be a problem. You know, we pick up on certain things that coaches and players say, and you got to separate what you think has merit to it or not. And when the Vikings were successful, they asked Kirk cousins, you know, what is the reason for that success? And he didn't even hesitate to give all the praise to Dalvin cook. He goes, this offense is around Dalvin cook. He is an all world talent. He is what allows me to do what I do and now you take that away and as talented as Madison is he's the guy that you hope to only have to fill in for 2 3 games at this point in his career when you're comparing to Dalvin Cook cuz he is elite like Mitch said i think that you know the only reason he's behind McCaffrey, Barkley and Zeke is probably because of that injury situation and you know those guys other guys are in ideal situations but that that is a that is a blow and i would be worried john
1: so i do actually love the comparison i can't remember who brought up Dan or Mitch But this is exactly what we went into the last offseason with or approaching the season, Tony Pollard with with Zeke. You know, Zeke might have held out. Everybody's talking about Tony Pollard. We saw what he did in the preseason, the versatility that he brings to the table. And I don't know if Alexander Madison, I actually don't think he's better than Tony Pollard. I I like Tony Pollard a lot. And Mitch, you and I, we utilize sharpfootballstats.com a lot. And in my research with Dalvin Cook, I wanted to compare it to alexander madison and 2018 versus 2019 dalvin cook his uh, um oh what's the word i'm success rate success, rate, his success yeah. rate it dropped from 2018 to 2019 but was still significantly better than alexander madison so in similar situations how do they do alexander madison was nowhere close to dalvin cook so i do think it opens up the passing game a little bit but mitch you You decided to put your lawyer hat on today and you weren't, I was searching different articles and things about the CBA and you, you messaged me and say, I, I, I found the document, the actual document I'm looking at the CBA right now. So based on the wording and what you were able to gather and for our listeners, none of us are lawyers. I don't, I don't think that's going to shock anybody, but Mitch, what are your thoughts based on what you read in the actual CBA?
2: All right, so there's a lot more to get through because, I mean, this thing's 400 pages long. But from what everything I understand is there's a specific article in there for veterans with fewer than three accrued seasons. So Dalvin has three now. So he's not in that article at all. But in order to be an unrestricted free agent, you need to have four years accrued. And he doesn't have four years yet. So he's in this really weird place to where I think... The only thing that could happen to him is if he doesn't show up for training camp, he could be fined. And he could be fined a lot. It's 25% of his salary for training camp, then another 25% for the season. And it just ramps up from there. So from everything I'm understanding is he doesn't have to worry about losing a season if he doesn't show up for training camp, like what we've seen reported. There's nothing I could find in the CBA that talks about that at all for him. And I think the only thing he really needs to worry about is being fined going into training camp so i completely think he's going to hold out halfway through training camp then he's going to come back and he'll be signed you know to a two or three year extension at that point
0: these owners rarely find them so i don't even think he's really scared of that john you are on mute
1: yeah my mic i don't know what the heck is going on anyway uh, you know, that's the magic of editing. I can cut that part out, but maybe I'll leave it in. I don't know. Let's see how I'm feeling after a few more weeks. <laughs> but, you know, Mitch, we talked about his contract for this year. He's only slated to make $1.3 million. And I don't want to say only because it's kind of crazy to think of it like that. But in the grand scheme of things for these players, if he could possibly lose up to half of his salary, is it worth a holdout based on his injury history? And his expected usage here in 2020 to lose out on six hundred fifty thousand dollars, I think so. It's not like a a situation where it's the fifth year of his deal or a franchise tag. He's not signing. It's only one point three million dollars.
2: We say that, but you know, it's he's only made two million dollars so far, and I mean losing half that going into his fourth year just to hold out. I mean, he's going to have to take that gamble. I think he's going to take that gamble, but it's a lot of money, you know, and we could act like, oh, these guys are all multi, multi, multi millionaires, but these rookies aren't at this point and rookie running backs have to hit the market. They, as soon as they prove they're valuable, they need to hold out. They need to get as much money as they possibly can because they don't have a long shelf life in the NFL, which is sad. And so hopefully, you know, he holds out the Vikings, give him the deal and we're good moving forward.
0: And you wonder if he he thinks he's an injury risk. You know, I read the one post on, uh, I think, from the Fantasy Point staff today, about a 50% chance of re-dislocating his shoulder. I mean, that shoulder was very fragile at the end of last season. He could be saying, hey, I'm not sacrificing my body and setting myself up without that payday. Mm -hmm. So, you know, obviously his agent's talking to him, guiding him along the way here. This is a serious holdout risk. I personally,
1: I wouldn't blame him based on what we've seen. I wouldn't blame him for a holdout. Like Mitch said, he's only made about $2 million up to this point in his career. Essentially, he's homeless. $2 million. I mean, geez. Um, I hope the sarcasm oozes through the microphone there. Mm-hmm. But those are our thoughts on Dalvin Cook. His value,
2: are there opportunities to buy him, sell him? Mitch, do you have one more thought? No, one. I was just going to say, as much as I'm liking Dalvin Cook and him getting signed, Alvin Kamara is someone that I think the Saints are okay without him. Don't don't
1: steal my next question. This is what happened. Well, it's okay. I'm just
2: skipping ahead. I'm being the host right now. You just sit back there. You have a drink. You'll (laughs) be all right. But with Dalvin Cook, we're going to look at the issue of the offense is good without him. They have Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray has proved when Alvin Kamara was out last year that he was okay. And they've went out and they've improved the wide receiver with Emmanuel Sanders coming in. And so I think if Kamara hoods, holds out, that could go further into the season than what we see with Dalvin Cook.
1: Now, Mitch, I did you see anything, and we kind of talked about this before we got on the air, where previously, and we talked about this with Melvin Gordon, Zeke, if a, and, and Le'Veon Bell, if a player holds out, they had to return by a certain date or a certain week. Did you see anything on that? Because I honestly don't know the answer to that question.
2: I couldn't find it. I found something on if you have three or less accrue. sorry, less than three accrued season. Definitely. If you held out going into training camp, you lost that future season, but I couldn't find anything for anything after that. But like I said, it's 400 pages and I didn't get all the way through it. So maybe I missed out on something there.
1: We, we know you have time. It's not like you're in the middle of a move. You don't have kids. Your wife would be fine. If you say, honey, I'm gonna sit here and read a 400-page document. I'll I'll check in with you later. She'll be fine with that. I'm sure. I'm sure.
0: <laughs> You're getting oh. in my head now, though, with the with the Saints situation. Even though with Kamara, hasn't those loud grumblings haven't been out there like Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon? Those two are kind of on the top of my free agent uh, holdout concern list, but. Ty Montgomery season, maybe a little bit, you know, you say they're okay with Latavius Murray when it comes to the passing game, does Ty Montgomery, you know, fill that void and roll. And then they get a little more creative with Deontay Harris, who seemed to be a little gadget guy they had last year. Maybe they're prepared for this.
1: Okay. So looking at the other running backs, Leonard Fournette, that's kind of a wash. We we have an expectation that he hell he might even be traded
2: I think he's going to be traded. I think there's a strong chance he'll be traded at some point this year.
1: And like you said, Mitch, on a previous show, it could be for a seventh-round pick. And if somebody has an injury or if Dalvin Cook holds out, what about Leonard Fournette to the Vikings? Mm -hmm. That could work here for 2020. Dan, you kind of went, eh, I, I don't think you like that. Uncle Lenny, you played basketball with him. What do you think about him
0: going to Minnesota? We're tight. We're close. I just... Lenny's words were, I am the Tim Duncan of the Jacksonville Jaguars now. He he is the old head. He is returning. Uh, I think they ride him right till that trade deadline, and then at that time, maybe, if they get enough, he he gets moved.
1: This has nothing to do with what we've talked about, but I actually think that Jacksonville offense – I think it has sneaky upside here for fantasy purposes. And you guys know I'm not a DJ Shark guy. I do like DD Westbrook, Gardner Minshew. I did a complete 180 on him. I can admit when I was wrong. Last year, Dan cover your ears because I know you have PTSD because of this. I was really high on Nick Foles, and I was team Foles over the Minshew mania. What did I I called it the Foles frenzy. I was all about it. But here we are in 2020. Gardner Minshew, he's a guy I really like for the season. And I think the fact that the moves they made and you know, getting rid of Nick Foles, that should tell us everything we need to know. And I I do think that team has sneaky upside. I like Leonard Fournette. We'll see what happens. So uh, we talked about Kareem Hunt. Obviously, he was a restricted free agent. But I think there's one other guy, Joe Mixon. Dan, Joe Mixon, does he possibly hold
0: out? You know, when these running backs are loud and very vocal about it, they seem to back it up. And Joe Mixon at one point was. He's in that same similar boat. He wants his payday. He knows his, his value. Um, yeah, I've been, I've uh, might been Greg Cosell that was saying, no, it was Belichick. Coach Belichick said, this guy is an elite back. So there's something there with Mixon. It's building up. I could see Joe Mixon holding out. I would, you know, try to get some Gio Bernard shares. And who else we got there? Trave- Travion Williams is a deep sleeper. Uh, just some guys that you're, you're going to want to have later in your drafts in fear of that holdout.
1: Mitch, what do you
0: think?
2: I think he's definitely holding out because he's in the best position to do so. They have Joe Burrow with no veteran behind him at all. So Jer- Joe Burrow going in there with Giovanni Bernard as his best you know, main running back, there is just no way that I think that's going to happen. So Joe Mixon, I think is going to hold out again because he, this is the best leverage he's going to have. He's not going to have that much next year. And so I think there's every opportunity that he holds out again. And, you know, I think there's a good chance he gets it done too. That's the good thing about the backs in these situations this year is last year we had, you know, like we brought up Gordon, had Eckler right behind him. But this year there's running backs with, Hardly anything behind them, and their teams are built around them. Can I like. I up? Oh, go ahead, Dan.
0: I like Mitch's keyword there. You know, I like those the fancy buzzwords like you know dysfunction and conviction, leverage. There's another good one that Mitch added to our, our vocabulary tonight. He does have a lot of leverage. I mean, that running back situation is very thin behind them, and with that big investment of Joe Burrow. You know, I mean, they have the makings of a sneaky offense. You mentioned the Jags. You see a little vision there, JB. The Bengals, I mean, when you have A.J. Green coming back healthy and Tyler Boyd, Boyd, you draft Higgins. Ross is now your fourth receiver, potentially. Uh, He is in a position of leverage, as is Dalvin Cook, because Dalvin knows Minnesota wants to win now. The moves they've been making, all their chips are on the table, unlike some of the other guys where Kamara, Saints could hold out a little bit longer. They've got a lot more offensive pieces to play the game. And it's
1: interesting looking at these different teams. So we talk about Alvin Kamara, we talk about Joe Mix, and we talk about Dalvin Cook, specifically those three. Kirk Cousins, what is it, 30 million dollars a year. Drew Brees, it's an ex- a pretty crazy amount. And then you have Joe Burrow on a rookie deal. So out of those three teams, it makes the most sense, I think, for the Bengals to be able to pay their running back while your quarterback is on this rookie deal. And then we talk about players like Melvin Gordon last year who had Austin Eckler behind him. He didn't have that leverage, whereas Ezekiel Elliott, you had the unproven talent and Tony Pollard. He had the leverage. I don't know if really Dalvin Cook, I think it's going to be a war of attrition between who has the leverage and who has more to lose. Mitch, like you said, that offense, it goes through Dalvin Cook. But Dalvin Cook, he only loses, and again, only $650,000 at most by sitting out here based on the CBA, as, as long as we're reading that correctly. Again, that's not a, a guarantee there, but I, it's going to be interesting to see who caves first in Minnesota, whereas I think you're spot on, Mitch. Alvin Kamara, I don't think he has leverage there in New Orleans, and I think Mixon, I don't know if it's leverage that he has, but he's in the best situation to get that deal done based on what's going on around him, You know, especially the rookie quarterback deal. Any other thoughts there on Joe Mixon, Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Holdouts, not holding out. What do you guys think?
0: Yeah, does it does Minnesota, you know, do they look at their division and say, hey, even if we get off to a little bit of a slow start, we're in a division with Green Bay, Detroit, and Chicago, you know, we could we could lose a game or two and still kind of hang in there and win that division based on the state of those other teams. You know, maybe.
2: Um, I'll just bring up two points real quick. The first one is if you're in a startup and you could draft Kenyon Drake in the sixth round he has the best chance of like the guys in that range to immediately jump up to be a third-round draft pick, have a third-round value if he gets that contract extension. If he gets a two-year deal, every I mean, Kyler Murray is going in the first round now because everyone is just enamored with that offense right now. So if you see Kenyon Drake gets an extension at all, and they've talked about wanting to get an extension done with him, if that happens, his value is going to skyrocket, and it's going to jump up really high. And then my second point was, we didn't bring them up yet, but Aaron Jones is another running back, but I don't think he has any leverage at all, and I don't think we need to worry about him sitting out too much, because the fact is, they just they never used him all the time to begin with. They have Jamal Williams that they liked already. They got A.J. Dillon if they need that rushing upside. And so I think Aaron Jones might be the one guy that's in the situation that we don't really need to worry about holding out.
1: And when you look at all these running backs, Kamara, he was the latest as a third-round pick. Aaron Jones, he was, what, a fifth-round pick? Mm -hmm. So I I could see him. I I keep saying this. Maybe it's wishful thinking because I've been scooping up Aaron Jones shares throughout this whole offseason. But maybe it is wishful thinking, like I said, that he takes a team-friendly deal to stay in Green Bay. But here is my thought. And again, you know, we're running through this episode. We're 36 minutes in. This is all impromptu. You know, anybody that's that's stuck around here, anybody that's just tuning in now, you know, our guest, Joe Pisapia, we're going to be going live Saturday. I believe we're attempting 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. We had some technical difficulties here tonight, but we're going to be rolling on Saturday. So two episodes this week, hopefully. And, you know, so this is all very impromptu, but we, we talk about Aaron Jones. I, I, I it's going to be interesting because Aaron Rodgers he was very vocal and he was a big advocate of Aaron Jones, but now it, it seems like they don't even want Aaron Rodgers on their team. They, they draft a quarterback and in, in Jordan love. They don't bring any wide receivers in except the great Devin Funchess. And I say that with sarcasm as well. Sorry, Devin, but I don't know if his word really carries the weight that it did before LaFleur came in. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on. But I I like where your mind is there, Mitch. I don't think Aaron Jones really has leverage. So it's going to be interesting to see if he does sign a more team-friendly deal than these guys that were first-round draft picks, second-round draft picks, whereas he does not have that draft pedigree. Um, Mitch, you're, you're the show note guy tonight. You had anything else here for us?
2: Yeah. One last thing. I know Dan is in an SFB mock draft and I know they're through the first round and I want to know how many quarterbacks have been taken in that first round. Because I know with the new scoring this year, it's, you're going to have to be on your quarterback game. Otherwise, I mean, you could just lose weeks just because you choose the wrong quarterback.
1: So, so Dan and I haven't talked about this at all. And Mitch, we haven't talked about these, Mm-mm. these mocks. At all. Dan, I'm going to guess that four quarterbacks went in the first round.
0: You know, having not talked to you guys about it, I I could tell we're all thinking alike and we're all on the same page looking at those quarterbacks. I've been thinking quarterback, running back, very heavy in in, in that first round and at the quarterback. uh, And this just started last night. So this is a very fresh mock draft Uh, with exception of the Dalvin Cook piece. It should be pretty accurate here. Uh, Patrick Mahomes went second behind McCaffrey. And then we have Lamar at four. So there's two quarterbacks. I picked sixth in this mock draft and I took Deshaun Watson at one point oh six. Whoa, you you didn't take Dak? Wow. I want to mix it up a little bit here. I don't want to drive Dak mock up in a mock draft. draft. <laughs> here, here, Dan,
1: Dan, you're you're on the clock at one oh six in the actual Scott Fishbowl. Do you take Dak? Be honest with us. Do you take Dak?
0: You know, some things I just can't share yet, John. I, I just I I can't go there yet. Well, you better right. watch
1: your back because Dak's creeping up behind you with a knife.
0: <laughs> I do see that. I do see that. So Deshaun would be quarterback number three that went in this. And then Dak did go at 1.12. So he finished hmm. out the, the first round. So four quarterbacks in the first round. Russ started off the second round. Russ Wilson there. And then Kyler Murray just went at 18 before me. So I, I think it's you know pretty predictable. They're your elite tier of quarterbacks that went pretty early. 18 picks in and see how the math is What six quarterbacks off the board.
1: So I haven't really, I I haven't been able to dive into it yet, but scrolling through Twitter, I saw one person's tweet. They've been diving into the scoring a little bit, and it seems like it's top eight quarterbacks and potential rubbish.
2: Right. Well, here's the thing. You better not be putting Kyler Murray in those top eight quarterbacks. You're going to lose a point based on sacks. He had 48 sacks last year. So should we fade Deshaun Watson in that form? Now this has nothing to do. With I wouldn't take eight. Deshaun Watson there either. Like I flat out wouldn't because the sacks alone could kill him.
1: It's minus and, one. Is it minus one?
2: Well, he, uh, Scott didn't say for sure, but he was thinking that it was going to be minus one, or it could be like half a point. But he was thinking one point.
1: I know on the uh, Commission Possible podcast that that might be, you know, I, I think Dynasty Theory. I think we're okay with that name. But I think Commission Possible might be one of the more clever. It's a
0: great name. Great it might
1: name. be one of the more clever podcast names.
0: Yeah, to, to your point on Watson, what in a one-year not dynasty league, you know, we're talking Scott Fishbowl here in, re, in real life when it's showtime. I will not take Watson there at 106. But I don't want to right. drive that da- Dak's ADP up. So I went with Watson just to have a quarterback. But you know, his O-line, if we are at minus one and it's per sack. I watched him hit the turf quite a few times last year. And I mean, he's as incredible as an athlete as there is. So he's avoided a lot of them too, but you're going to lose some points.
1: Yeah. And then there's but- also the plus and minus. I don't know the exact or, you know, what Scott, I can't remember what he said during the podcast, but there's the plus and minus for completions and in- incompletions. So, ah, my man, Josh Allen, I don't know. Josh how Allen's
2: dead. Hi. Like do not draft Josh Allen.
1: No, and last year with the video game bonuses and the 50 rushing yards, I was like, smash Josh Allen and even though he didn't run as much as we would have liked, you know, that we saw in 2018, but I it's gonna be I love the changes in the scoring year to year. And while this is only the second year that we've been able to take part, it is such a fantastic event. And people I've talked to, you know, like we talked about to start the show, we are giving away one spot to Scott Fishbowl 10. And if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, we're going to give it away. It's going to be a random drawing. But you talk to people, oh, what is this league about? Is it big cash prizes? No. It's it's a great way to interact with people in the community, a sense of camaraderie, I think. it's With everything going on in the world, Dan, Mitch, we've talked about this off the air. It's something that brings people together. It amazes me if anybody ever says anything negative about it, because I, I don't know how you could ha- put a negative spin on this whatsoever.
2: Yeah. The only thing that I'll add to that is we are giving away the one spot and it's completely free. The, whoever wins it can do it, but I hope that they will donate to a charity of their choosing whatever they're passionate about in life. Just donate to that charity that helps, you know, promote that cause. Because it's so big and that's what, you know, Scott makes the Scott Fishbowl about is charity and giving back and doing this for the community. So, of course, our spot that we give away is free. You could do whatever you you don't have to donate to anything. But anyone who is in the Scott Fishbowl or just anyone out there, just donate to charities right now. I mean, where we're at in the world right now, just go out and whatever is important to you, just donate to it. Help out someone else.
1: And, you know, we've already talked about this, Dan, pancreatic cancer research, Mitch, autism awareness for me, the Alzheimer's Association. So these are all things that have affected us one way or another. And I think it's very important that just like you said, Mitch, we give back to to the community. And it's not necessarily, oh, donate to this or donate to that. And that's why I love, you know, our Dynasty Theory Listener League. The winner, we allocated one entry to be paid to the charity of the winner's choice and the winner of the league this year you know, it should have been me. I'm still, I'm still very upset. It wasn't me, but the winner of the league, it was a charity I never heard of, but it was a fantastic cause. It was for parents that lost a child and th- just being able to give back and all the, the money and the entry fees that we throw into dynasty football and fantasy and DFS. Cause God knows I, I probably spent a mortgage on DFS last year, <laughs> but to be able to give back, that's what we should be doing because this is all about fun. And it's about, you know, the sense of camaraderie and Dan, you know, I know, uh, you know, like I said, that you're very, uh, involved with the pancreatic. Um, you know, I, I, I can't remember the name offhand, but with the pancreatic research, and that's very close to you.
0: Yeah. I lost my dad to that disease back in 2002. And it's actually this Saturday here in Northeastern Pennsylvania, we're having our purple stride event and we're virtual this year and we're going to be out running. So guys, I'm going to be running three some 3.1 miles and then getting back here in time to shower and have Joey P on our show. So it's going to be a win-win Saturday.
1: I don't think I've run a combined 3.1 miles in the last like five years of my life.
0: <laughs> hey, you know, I have to run to key, you know, all that stress, John, you're working so hard on this show every week. So it's, hey. it's therapeutic.
1: No, you guys, you guys, um, you know, I, I think the, the involvement and, being vocal i mean mitch you, you've tweeted about autism awareness you know obviously that's very close to you and you know I, I don't mean to get too sappy here on this week's episode but that's what happens when we get impromptu and we don't have the show notes and things kind of change the last second but i i think going back to scott fishbowl it's just such a great event and luckily i'm off the monday i'm off that first day of the draft i come back from vacation i'm gonna be sitting on my couch hell it starts at what 10 o'clock I might pour, pour a beer for myself. You know, I, I know we'll be messaging all day. We mm-hmm. can make fun of Mitch taking Damian Williams in the second round happens.
0: <laughs> I'm happy you brought that up, John, not the Damian Williams part, but the you're, the, you're going to be off. I, I might have to put in a day now that I think about it.
1: Good and call. I, Dan, I know you were upset that I wouldn't be able to take part in the Scott fishbowl Potathon. Mitch and I, we had the three o'clock, time slot last year and they were they were making fun of it they were like there's people that sign up for 3 a.m and Mitch and I said we would sign up for any time we just wanted to be involved and I'm very upset that I am I'm unavailable this year but next year the three of us are gonna get back
0: on there heck yeah and but hey, before I lose a thought here in this mock draft I'm on the clock maybe you guys could give me some good advice here I've got a quarterback all right we know I think I have to get a running back yes we we have Nick Chubb's available right Nick Chubb is gone. He went a couple picks before me here. So McCaffrey, Barkley's gone. Zeke's gone. Kamara went seventh, okay? So this uh, Fender 494 was pretty savvy taking Kamara before Dalvin, who went at number 10. Our other holdout we talked about, Joe Mixon, went 11th. So he was a first-round pick here late. Um, Justin's boy, Miles Sanders, went 14th. Then Chubb, who you thought would be there to me, unfortunately, is not at sixteen. How are the tight ends
1: looking? Because I was, you know, we talk about strategy all the time, and we had actually a Scott Fishbowl chat last year. We had like 10 of us in there. It was very active before the draft and during the draft. I was all about getting tight end early. So I know there's bonuses for tight ends with the tight end premium. How are they looking so far? Is it just Kittle and Kelsey gone?
0: Yeah, verbatim there. Uh, Mitch's boy Kittle was the first one at 109. So People are thinking Kittle before Kelsey, and Kelsey slid all the way to 205. Take
2: Henry. That's who I take.
0: Uh, King Henry. I, I agree. We, we've had this this argument and debate in uh, past episodes. Your boy, Miles Sanders, who won the debate, fair and square. I give you credit, Mitch, and in our in our battle there, our throwdown. He's off the board, so I think that does take it to King Henry.
1: Can we talk about Derrick Henry before we kind of sign off here? Sure. in Mitch, because you brought him up. I think it's going to be very telling. Obviously he's playing in the franchise tag here in 2020. I think we can get a good sense if they run him into the ground early and often, do you think they don't sign him to a longer term
2: extension? Mitch. Oh, sorry. Me first. Yeah. I don't think it matters. That's his game play. I mean, he's going to get 25 touches a game. If you know, if they're in the game, they're not behind by 20 points. They have to throw the ball. He's going to get 25 touches. And I don't think that matters on the salary status at all. If he does it, I think they're going to try to re-sign him next year. You know, they could put him on another franchise tag if they need to. It's not like they have a whole bunch of needs on that team. So put him on the franchise tag for two years at that point. So you're you're saying we shouldn't, people like me who try to read into that, we shouldn't read into that? No, but you know I've always been that way with running backs. I'm not overly worried about if you have an elite talent He's going to be elite talent, whether he's on the Titans or if he's on the Seahawks next year, whoever it is.
0: I think he's just built differently, too. Mm -hmm. You know, he's a guy that's very durable. He hasn't shown, you know, any serious injuries. We don't go into this year worrying about him like we are Dalvin Cook. Uh, I think he's just built to run that way. And so, hey, I I think you were going to say something, John, about the Seahawks there. Did you see uh, Carlos Hyde's comment today? He says, everybody knows Chris Carson's the man. Did he say that he did? He like knows to hear. Chris Carson's the it's guy what I like to hear. He goes, I'm oh. going to compete with them, but I, I realize I'm probably more competing with Rashad Penny. Who's going to be out for a little bit.
1: So Mitch and I, you know, a little uh, uh, sneak peek at our projections here. We had Carson around 240 carries, I believe mm-hmm. right around there, which actually is lower than his last two years. But I think that's kind of a realistic and reasonable expectation and I think we had Carlos Hyde around 90 maybe with Penny bringing up the rear because we think he's going to start the season on the pup list. So I, I love that. That's music to my ears because I have so much Chris Carson. Dan, you have so much Chris Carson. Let's ride him off into the ses- sunset one last year.
0: One last year. And hey, Carlos Hyde might be the perfect compliment for him. You know, mm-hmm. a guy just enough to spell him that's reliable and solid, but Carson's their money guy. And, and one last thought here is we look, We say take King Henry, but Clyde Edwards Alaire. do you get tempted at all? No. All right, just
2: checking. Uh, people
1: will burn Mitch last year. He's not doing it
0: again. Well, no, it's just, it's going to be a
2: committee. And I don't care if you, th- it's going to be a committee. Clyde Edwards-Alaire isn't going to be a guy that goes in and gets bell cow work. That's not his profile at all. So I don't see how, I mean, if you can do that, you might as well take Jonathan Taylor, who at least profiles to be a bell cow back. Clyde Edwards-Alaire doesn't. So I just don't see any reason to take him
0: over someone like Henry. I'm not, think- you,
1: I'm not looking at either of them as a top 12 back in 2020.
0: Something to think about for our listeners here is if, if they're in the Scott Fishbowl, I'm looking at the ADP and I know the three of us, we have our own rankings projections, but if you're looking at ADP and that's how you're drafting, it is rookie fever here. Now, as I mm-hmm. look at it, like CD yeah. lamb's almost Crazy. ready to go and he's going to have Randall Cobb production in year one. This is not, well, you know, that's on my
1: fantasy league, right? Yeah. So if anybody's taken part in startups, even, that is very skewed because mm-hmm. it incorporates the rookie drafts. So once you get to about the fourth or fifth round in a startup, the whole top of the board is rookies. So I've actually, I think it's kind of been an advantage if you're strictly drafting based on ADP. And I think most of the people we play with, I always say, I always tout them, they're very smart people. They're not taking a CD Lamb in the third round whenever he's all the way up there. But that's skewed because whenever a CD Lamb goes, 106 in a rookie draft, it's bumping up his ADP because MFL doesn't differentiate.
0: Good point. Good note for our listeners there. Don't fall for that trap.
1: Yeah, so, but if if you're in a league with me, forget that last minute that we just talked about. <laughs> draft on ADP, 100% of the way. All right, uh, Mitch, any final thoughts here? Any closing thoughts for our listeners? I I think we did an okay job here. Kind of impromptu. not Not kind of impromptu. Very impromptu going through the potential holdouts, the guys that are in precarious situations, Scott Fishbowl and, you know, just come, some random thoughts the mock draft. So, Mitch, anything that you want to wrap up the show with?
2: One last thing is if you're bored and you're just, you know, not much is going on and you're just looking for something to look at for fantasy, go out and look at what teams are telling us right now. I will so I will say this right now and then I will maybe use it as a closing thought next week. There's a team right now whose running backs are going way underdrafted, and every single thing the team has told us so far is they are going to be running back heavy, like extremely heavy, and they haven't been in the past. And I'll tell you who that team is next week. So if you want to take a guess or whatever, go ahead. But I guarantee you guys aren't going to guess it either. But yeah. Wow,
1: what a teaser. But
2: really, just go in and look at what the teams are doing. And what they're telling us, because a lot of teams will just tell us through their personnel decisions how they're going to be operating next year.
1: So when you say that, just for our listeners, you're saying strictly based off the moves they're making and not Mm -hmm. the coach speak.
2: No, like the personnel. Who are they signing? Who are they bringing in? Who are they franchising? Um, If they're upgrading, which positions? I mean, they make it pretty apparent a lot of teams do on what they're going to do moving forward. And no, it's not the Green Bay Packers. All right. Well. I, I can't wait. And I, I'm not going to ask you, I'm not going to try to look
1: behind the curtain. You are going to be surprised next week. Maybe you could make that your opening thought
2: next week. I will. I will.
1: Okay. Uh, Dan, any final thoughts here for our listeners?
0: Just simple ones tonight. I mean, first I think Mitch was locked in tonight, JB. I think he had a really good hair night. He changed the camera angle. And then he, you know, with that came some really hot takes and a good finish there. So kudos to you there, Mitch. And uh, to the dynasty theory team, you guys, you know, couldn't be prouder tonight instead of having to make the adjustments at halftime. We made it before the game and uh, we look forward to seeing Joey P on Saturday. A Bonus for our listeners.
1: I'm so excited. We talk about it every single week. We really do. And I, I talked about it on Twitter today. We have the best guests. You know, there are some fantastic shows out there and I, I'm never going to knock anybody putting out content, but we have the most incredible guests that come on here. When they come on, they carry the show. We kick back. We have a drink. We enjoy it and we have gotten some great feedback based on the guests we've had, and that's no different this Saturday. So hopefully every tu- everybody tunes in. Joe Pizapia, author of the Fantasy Football Black Book, which is right now the number one seller for football books on Amazon. So everybody tune in for that. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Dynasty Theory FF, and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Dynasty Theory Stay safe, be kind to each other, and have a great night.